Welcome to Moringa for Life, a show about the Moringa tree, the most nutritious plant ever tested. Join your host, Marika Gifford, as she reflects on working with Moringa for over 22 years and explores how we can unlock our holistic well-being through plant intelligence. From the Moringa for Life family, we wish you peace and joy. And now here's your host. Welcome to the Moringa for Life podcast, Messages from Moringa. Today, I'm really pleased to have Aubrey Bonneau join us. He's a student of ours. Yeah, he graduated from the course, I'm gonna say 2017. So that's been some time, five years. And during that time, uh, he was unsure about his journey and got clarity from going from one country, not even sure where, what country that Moringa project was gonna be in. So Costa Rica, is it Mexico, is it somewhere else? And then Hurricane Maria hit Dominica, which is where he is, his family is from. And that created clarity. That was the place. And it brought him to the island and back to his roots. And pretty abruptly, uh, 90% of the structures on that island were destroyed. It was a, quite a cleanup. And, and then looking for land and getting land, then putting some earthworks in and the permaculture principles that he had learned. And all of that went on for the past number of years. And when we did a podcast and just talked about what that was like and how he got to where he is and, and to that point. So there's an episode as you can listen to his first episode. Since then, Moringa for Life has gone into online courses because we've had to alter our way. And he had done a video of Free Up Farm. That's the name of his farm now and sent it to us. And we use that in our uh, ambassador course on permaculture. We give an example and it's, it's he and, and uh, Luvisa, his partner, um, talking about it and walking us through and, and showing what it looked like before and after. And now it's some years later, uh, everything has grown and flourished and the whole project has flourished. And that is what the subject of our call today is about how that has changed and the degree that it has changed in a short period of time. He's also in a part of the world where Moringa grows by leaps and bounds. You practically watch it grow. <laughs> and, and so that's just, you know, Moringa is just shining on him at, at Lubitsa every day, all day long. Yeah, and just such an amazing guide to have there, just uh, prominent there on the farm. Uh, so yeah, welcome to our um, podcast, Aubrey. I'd like to have you just talk a bit about yeah, what what it's like, what, you know, kind of backtrack, just kind of like when you were just getting all the earthwork done and things planted and then walking through that, how it looks today and how, and I mean, you talked a bit before about the structure that you're sitting in. So you have a home built there. So a lot has gone on a short period of time. Yeah, it, it's been wild. It's been absolutely wild. Um, yeah, we, you know, we're here in, in Dominica um, and, it, you know, as every as most places were kind of locked down. Now uh, things are moving a little bit more fluidly um, and season has opened up here. So the tourism season has opened up. So there's a lot of activity on the island. There's a lot of activity in general in these islands. So um, we're just trying to organize and um, yeah, I kind of keep with the permaculture vibe as sort of radically as we can. That's sort of how we wake up and how we do everything. But since the sort of uh, the mounds and the hygge cultures and the earthworks went in, I, it's great because I get to walk through them often, uh, I mean, every day, but uh, explaining them a lot often um, through the tours. You know, I gave a tour yesterday, tour day before, so... Uh, we run, I've run hundreds of people um, through this place from all over the world, which is amazing. Um, some of them very knowledgeable about uh, botanical sort of things, and some of them have no idea. Um, and, but each one I think is kind of amazed simply because 
we got to go from a blank slate, right? And that's what I think makes the difference with our farm, a, a completely blank slate. And then set it up uh, with these earthworks that I, I, I said yesterday, I think it's true, hundreds of years, these things will be fertile, um, productive, um, abundant. And, and I think even with changing climate, because we have trees here that were hit hard by Hurricane Maria, which was a Cat 5 hurricane, have given me hundreds of avocados since then, right? And the only thing we've, well, we've done a lot of things, but since then we've only set up more windbreaks, right? We've only established uh, more techniques. We've only gone in and pruned them and brought them down, right? So it would seem that these systems are gonna be pretty solid um, for a very long time. And we're very happy to be sort of a part of that uh, process. Yeah. Yeah, it's so great. And, you know, it's very inspiring because, you know, from where you started, you said, you know, a blank slate, and it literally was because of, of the whole island was practically a blank slate, just needing a lot of cleanup. Uh, just, uh, you had sent me pictures and just the debris of the cleanup, uh, you know, and having all the leaves on trees just blown off. I mean, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. I remember you talking about the understory finally having sun because trees were just, you know, either were blown over or without leaves. And so that understory uh, was taking over. And it's incredible. Clearing incredible. the land was just like one day you clear, the next day is back. So the stamina that it took and the dedication to this work was amazing. To check in with you over the years and just like, okay, Aubrey, how's it going? Oh, clear <laughs> the same spot again? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, but that's what's cool about it too, is we employed some like hardcore uh, permaculture techniques and we continue to do so. We started doing a little bit of consultancy and design work for other people who have land on the island. And we kind of do it hardcore. Like, yeah, if we're going to bring an excavator and nothing's going to leave the property, right? So anything we clear is going to be cycled, right? There's not one drop of organic matter that isn't going to be buried or mounded or right anything like that so um it's cool to to be to just watch how these systems settle kind of so so easy and now even it's like on our mounds i i almost kind of like yeah we can always weed we can always do things but they're in three years i i, I kind of feel a little uncomfortable i'm not sure why but they're pretty solid right um i could like if you just left this place forever now and never came back into it because of the hugel culture mounds because of the abundant rainfall that we get because of all the banana pits that and the banana circles that we've dug all over the place because so little energy leaves the farm i think this place would stay for a very very long time yeah and that is you know for some of our listeners permaculture is something to find out about uh, culture is something is one of the techniques where you mound uh, really debris, uh, any kind of anything that will biodegrade. You can dig pits and swales and and bury things and then mount things up. And the 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 fungi that starts to grow in there, the microbiology that comes will feed whatever you plant there. It'll also kind of drop into the you know these big ditches and and hold water there so that you never have to water. There's just amazing permaculture techniques that, that you employed there, as you say, and, you know, and it, it works. It just continues to feed the land, the land feeds it. You know, the natural things of leaves and everything falling is more food. So yeah, that's the thing too, is we can go in sort of periodically and just chop and drop everything. Right. So then you have con com almost complete control of uh, nutrient cycling. Right. It looks a little dry. OK, let's go through, cut all the bananas down. It doesn't matter. They'll come back up as soon as they're ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's amazing. Yeah. Right. So, and so having that set up now and the opportunity for people to come there, learn about it, either people who like you said, know about it or are exposed to it. And you don't know when they go back you know, what, what ripple effect that has having been there. 
And that's why I find it's such an important thing that you're doing, especially right there in the times that uh, now that we know this is like so much of the change in climate is affecting, it hits Dominica in one of the first places. And to make that resilient, you know, to, have, to create a, a, a template there or a blueprint for the resiliency, because like when you plant Moringa, you know the hurricane is coming almost on schedule. You can see it coming, right? You can chop all that down. You can harvest. You can make use of whatever that is. The storm comes. It blows over. Moringa just comes back fast and furious, better than bigger than ever. So it's Jeez. such a demonstration of the resiliency. What you have is food right away. Yeah. And then you have it there. So it's a great demonstration and all the food that you planted. I remember the walkthrough of the video that we have in the course now. How to even name, there was a, at the end, you're naming all of the things and you probably left some out. It's like, whoa, that is a long list of food. And yeah, well, that, that, that's food security, right? Especially in the tropics, right? Yeah. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. <laughs> And one farm, I mean, this is one spot and it's producing that much food. And, and it's and also like we came in right after Maria and everything was all messed up, right? So our main goal was let's go save and find every variety of useful uh, plant that exists, right? And that was two years. That was two years of going around and people's backyards, forestry, agriculture, farmers, expats everywhere 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 who has what mangosteens lychees all uh different varieties old school varieties of vanilla that only grow in certain places um what's cool about dominica too is that you have to kind of i mean thank the british and the french right because they were moving an incredible amount of uh goods right spices and fruits and herbs and all sorts of stuff all throughout this region, right? So there's a uh, the depth nobody even really knows, right? Nobody even really understands what's left, what survived, you know? So we're sort of on the cutting edge always of just trying to see, hey, I heard about a farm deep in somewhere that maybe has old cacao, right? And that could be cacao from a very, very, very long time ago, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> So, right. Well, I just we were working with uh, I, this is pretty cool. Um, so the University of no, not the University, the Trinidad Research Cacao Research Station. There's a big research station in Trinidad that have collected varieties of cacao plants, like actual trees um, from all over the world. And they came back here recently and they did a study on um some really old estates in Dominica, right? Uh, some deep estates. And they went in and they took uh, some cuttings on the interesting sort of cacaos that the old, older generations might've had stories or things that they said about them. And they took cuttings of those and they brought them to Trinidad for testing. And it turns out that these cacaos, although they're not the sort of uh, 100% nationals uh, bloodlines like they're finding in Ecuador and Peru, um, they're like 20% or 30%, right? So these are some genetics of cacao that people thought were gone for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? And they were here, uh, not in the fullest extent, right? Because cacao off, often interpollinates, right? Across pollinates, but they're here. So then I, I linked up with those guys and I have, I think like 20 different, 30 different varieties of like, really primo kind of genetics that are hundreds maybe of years old <laughs> oh that's yeah. amazing yeah you you get to be in that uh, spotlight now uh, also because people are finding out about you and about that place and the more those plants are coming in you're going to have such a wide range right there and then you'll be that uh, that's the seed stock for germinating that in other places along the, around the island and yeah really setting the stage for it to flourish is such a wide yeah range of of foods but also that ancient food you know the ancestral food is 
what's needing to come through because it brings with it a lot of ancient knowledge and healing that we need that we absolutely, absolutely need and uh, absolutely. yeah you are in that have put yourself right in the center of the game <laughs> oh it's so great aubrey i'm just so happy yeah and that's one plant and then there's going to be so many more so, it's crazy some of the ones that i'm finding out about are you know things like tonka bean right not many people have heard about that but it's a very kind of special kind of mystical kind of tree right so um and these things have been here you know for a long time and then oh, you can't even get into all the different hardwoods that everybody came in here and sort of like exploited for a very long time or tried to right so it's just so and we're really trying to look at it from all angles you know biodiverse to the to the to the maximum you know i have a guy in here right now from he's a fulbright from the university of miami i believe somewhere in miami florida area um, but he got a fulbright to revitalize coffee here in dominica because at one point um in the height of like the british empire coffee was, uh dominica was the number two i believe uh source of coffee in the whole of the british empire oh wow yeah like millions and millions of tons were coming out of uh, Dominica, right? Um, so we're looking at these sort of historical trends and seeing if that was able to happen then, uh, what is sort of preventing it from happening now? And, you know, that's, a, that's a, gonna be a larger, longer sort of exploration. Yeah, and some of it is like the exploitation at a time and, and you know the world has changed and we want that world to change that the local people have the benefit of having uh, you know been the, the holders and keepers of those um, yep. plants and and that the work is respected and that the land is respected so we have a whole other way of coming to, uh, about those kinds of industries and revitalizing them with our you know awareness of you know, the human element and the human element that it has played a part in all of those islands mm -hmm. where really people were enslaved to be Absolutely. doing that work, right? Well, that's and it. it. Was, like, you have that much coffee without slaves? Probably not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, so that's the point, too, that we are bringing the awareness of those people into all of what we do now because it was on that the backs of those people that all of this was built and that an empire is only an empire because these people were enslaved and did that work and sacrificed what they did and uh, so to hold that in our present modern times because we do find that those kinds of activities are still going on so you know bringing that awareness and the practices that we know you know respect everyone involved and everyone with their fair share and that's one of the permaculture principles right fair share and, and so that just right there it, it brings it all into your realm of something new that that's old that then is done in a new way so that the old isn't repeated that, yeah so that, that's just an amazing a uh, place to be and this experience of, of what's going on. So talk a, a bit about the, the vision you have there, because I know that it's, you know, a vision, uh, and I'll just say, is not a set thing. <laughs> Sometimes we see, oh, I have this vision and it's like this and it has these five things and this is what it looks like when it's, I've accomplished it. And, you know, a vision moves as we move and changes as we change. And as we accomplish a vision, another one emerges. Sometimes in a, a vision is the seed vision for something greater. And I think that's what's been happening with you. One, at one point you had a vision just to be able to clear the land and have it actually stay cleared. That was a vision for a good period of time, right? And then once that was accomplished, that just set the stage for the next part of a grander vision. And I know that the big vision that you have is that permaculture um, foundation where people can come and learn and you can demonstrate the things that you and show, you know, how people can go back to their home 
country and duplicate that because we really need that to be happening all over the world. And, um, and you are just such a prime example uh, committed to that. So uh, talk a bit about now having accomplished what you have, mm -hmm. what does your vision entail now? Hmm. Cool. So are we, I'll, I'll kind of break that down maybe a little bit. So maybe the vision for the farm and its, itself as its own entity um, is uh, we need to be able to be able to um, host guests better, right? That's the first thing, right? Um, there's a lot, like I said, there's hundreds of people that um, come throughout the year to this farm. So, and I host them mostly in my home, right? Well, when I didn't have a home, we just walked around, but now mostly in my house, we're working on a visitor center over there, but kind of, you know, ran out of funding and uh, bandwidth <laughs> maybe to uh, get it all the way. We put uh, a, a gentleman donated a bunch of material to us and we didn't want to just have it sitting. So we wanted to at least build some storage and some buildings and some agro-processing uh, shells, right? That's the idea with all the, with all the construction over there so that we can move into ways to have the sort of experience of Free Up Farm be more, more smooth. It's amazing and beautiful and everything, but like Lubitsa and I worked at these sort of like eco lodges, kind of like retreat center, kind of vibes right on the, the back end of those like working with all the clients and customers and stuff and we know that experience right um and there's no reason that that couldn't be replicated here in a looser more like a permaculture-y kind of caribbean vibe right so that's kind of maybe what we're building up to is to have that experience be like stellar right like um you remember it for your whole life, like how those experiences that I had at those places changed my whole life, right? So that's like the big vision for the farm. Like I said, that coffee guy was coming, he, he's here now and he's trying to, he might have some big, you know, kind of government funding because he's a Fulbright uh, to build us some coffee nurseries. Well, we're going to collaborate, right? We always need nursery space, especially um, because we, it's so wet where we are, which is something I just want to touch on again. It's amazing that Moringa does so well up here by us, um, because it's like kind of right at its like limit, you know, like kind of cold, um, but still tropical and just not as hot, 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 like it is down below and still up here it thrives, right? It thrives, thrives, thrives. Um, so we all, we always need nursery that's protected from the crazy rain, that we get often um, and to be able to set out and even to have a portion of it, we need to eventually move into like the kind of classic kind of like lettuces and tomatoes and like the, you know, just like the annual greens, just because it seems like the, there's not an organic market. So if we went into that market uh, appropriately, it seems like we can make a good amount of profit given that we have our chickens and our goats for fertilizer right next door. And uh, we have nursery that's protected, like a little bit of a gamble to put those kind of more delicate annuals out in the bush, uh, especially in the middle of the kind of rainforest. Yeah. So those are the two kind of big projects is one sort of finishing up the green now, I mean, the visitor center. Um, and that sort of acts as a, a, a really big experiment in agro-processing, small scale, right? Super small scale, like seven to 10 acre scale um, and super mixed variety. Like you see how we're planting everything. We need to learn based on experience when, one, when something comes into season and there's excess, what are the systems in place in a mixed system that we can make sure that we extend the life of that product to the end, right? Um, right now it's great because we have animals, right? And you can, in banana circles, to be honest, right? I can sort of lean on those uh, as cycling nutrients, but I could be definitely extracting more out of the process, right? Whether that's 
extracting the oil out of grapefruits that we press by the hundreds, right? Whether it's making avocado oil, which we've experimented with for sure, and it's definitely easy, but there's just like the next step, right? There's kind of that step from like DIY to like seven acre farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the scale. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where the farm's at. And with those two things alone, vision is moving forward, right? Just being able to have this place receive people. Very quickly after that, we've had all these sort of uh, call outs from local, local schools, but I work with kids and this place is not kind of so kid friendly. It's kid friendly when I'm like around and sort of watching, um, but it's also like kind of half a construction site, right? <laughs> um, so it's a balance and we have to always be careful and understand that we just got to make sure that everybody's safe at the end of the day. Um, so that's kind of would be the great next steps of the vision. But personally, I am now getting, I got this, like I briefly mentioned that offer to help people set up regenerative farms. Um, and that, that's amazing. Like I've said that way earlier in my life before, that's my dream job. Right. Um, and the fact that I have, uh, a budget and freedom with this property that enables me to do the same type of earthwork um, sort of situations and um, really have just, we set up a, I forget the technical name, but a, a kind of a irrigation system, right? That they use on huge hectare farms, like hundreds of hectare farms in uh, Namibia and South Africa. And we've taken that same concept because it was a very steep property and set up sort of like, I think it's like a circle feed irrigation um, system on this property. So we have 2000 gallon tanks up at the tippy top and a big circle of irrigation that goes in a big loop and connects back into itself. Uh, otherwise, sometimes people just take a point and they'll take many different arms off of one main point. But once you loop it and connect it back into itself, you have pressure that exists sort of all throughout that. And then you can tap that pressure, run sprinklers and do all sorts of really interesting things with water. So that's what we're kind of it's awesome because you you play around, you see these things on the Internet, you hear people that um are talking to you about how these things work, how they've, you know, sort of uh, seen them in action. But like we said, with the DIY is one thing, you know, have talking about it with buddies over beers and then like having the ability to pay cash for a thousand meters of, you know, irrigation pipe and make sure everybody's checking all the pressure and making sure everything is, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are two different activities. The, yeah. the casual talk about it and the actual grit of doing it and yeah. to be honest what we've done like uh we've employed permaculture like by the book at this property and that's all it is really every time i go into a new section of the property i go through the tropics manual of permaculture and i'm like because the my client she just wants to have it be a demonstration site to the the potential and power of uh permaculture and like we had talked about you know, she has connections to Findhorn. So I'm really, you know, humbled to, to be a part of these sort of like ancient sort of bloodlines of, you know, organic agriculture. <laughs> no, there's a whole spiritual realm that is circling now. Uh, we're aware of it. We've been aware of it just because that's how, that's the, that's where Moringa lives. It's the Moringa, um, guide and the mother moringa it's, it's really an amazing thing and so yeah those kinds of connections are being made because it brings this uh, the awareness of the natural world and how it interacts with humans and has interacted we're bringing that into fruition and that is how humans have co-evolved with nature in the past and all of that has been a di big disconnect until you know through modern times because of industrialization and all this high production of food and the monoculture and all of that is a big disruption but you know nature is steadfast there and it's coming through to people who are able to hear that message you know and and then demonstrate it because you know an oak tree can't move anywhere but if it can get you to do something that it needs you know that's 
the connection, right? That's how it survives and thrives. And that is an ancient and primal way that humans have been, and that's returning. And at a place like Dominica, you have so much uh, primal energy there. It has not been destroyed. I mean, nature destroys it, but that's primal too. Uh, the weather comes through and whatever we put in, it's impermanence, right? And we're showing how impermanent it is because it's a big pile of rubble. <laughs> that's impermanence. But nature is there and shows up and uh, reminds us that we are not the ones in charge <laughs> at all, right? It's humbling no in that way. So yeah, and you keep demonstrating that connection and, and answering that and showing people the way uh, to be in, in connection with that. And that I think is why so much is coming to you. You are this marina magnet now it's one plant. I mean, you have that connection with many plants there. You know, Moringa is one in thousands. And it has its own world that, you know, revolves around it. And people who, you know, are connected because of Moringa. And that's how we're connected, right? And um, other plants have their, you know, diplomats who are, you know, their ambassadors who are, are doing the work. Like cacao, there's a whole community of cacao people, and, and, you know other plants and mushrooms. I mean, that's a huge, a huge opening now in the mushroom world. Mm -hmm. um, it's starting to be much more known and humans are connecting in and making things happen there. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise it wouldn't happen without humans. So mm -hmm. these other, you know, um, kingdoms on this planet need humans to, to stand up and be protectors and stewards and also forward these medicines, these foods and medicines that are here and that we so crucially need during these specific times, we need these medicines. And so the more we are able to hear and follow, I mean, I call it my marching orders. I just listen and do what I'm told. <laughs> it's all much easier that way, right? And things flow when I'm not interfering with my intellect i'm just in my heart connection and that's what's moving it all forward and, and you operate that same way lubita i mean it's been amazing to be on this journey with you yeah it's been so crazy exhilarating yes exhilarating <laughs> it's exhilarating you know and i've talked to students who are like in varying stages of, of where their vision is and exploring it and having it open and, and being able to take those steps because you have to step out of what you think you should be doing with your life. We have so much of that training in us, no matter what culture you're from, there's a should do by this age, you know, and we have to let young people jump out of that and actually solve the problems that are so crucial right now, because that's, right. that's where those solutions exist, not in the should follow what we have followed in the past. So you definitely are in that, you know, taking that, that step and just showing you can make the world change mm -hmm. literally all mm -hmm. around the two of you when you said, I'm all in. Yeah. I mean, I watched it happen. It was just like, whoa, whirlwind <laughs> from one country to the next and then hurricane and back home and then going land and the container and going to Oregon. It's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, speaking of Oregon, the woman just gave me the okay to start reaching out to the people that were making the domes in Oregon. Um, ah. because, yeah, right. It gets deeper and deeper. <laughs> um, so that's that's going to take time. And that's a very delicate thing, you know, now, especially with movements. Uh, but like I said, things are opening up and uh, season is on. So you never know what you could pull off. And that that space is like, it's amazing. When you go by the book, you see it's like, what? I've had it for four months, you know? And what's been able to happen in four months, you'd, you'd be amazed. You'd be like, what? Like, uh, I go there every day, you know? Because it was a like an amphitheater, you know? And then we came in with an excavator and cut one giant big terrace pad for almost like a building house. And then all going down, there's two, instead of it being straight, it's two like 10, 12, 15 feet rigid, like terraces, right? That go down. And underneath all those terraces is all the brush that we scraped, right? From the whole property. Wow. We just laid it underneath and then pushed all the earth under on top. So 
Uh, and then we did all the ridges with vetiver grass, right, by the book. Um, so those root systems are going down, you know, 20, 30, 40 feet into the ridge there. So those things aren't going to go anywhere, you know. <laughs> so it's amazing. Once you see these uh, um, things in practice, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and, and trusting that, you know, because you have a high level of trust of the information and not a lot of obstruction in the way of that. And that's a difficult thing for people to understand and to get to that place. You know, when I speak to students, you know, it's like, ha, ah, yes, but this is what's in the way. Uh, that's why I was talking to you about Amit, one of our, our recent graduates and now one of our educators, because there's a high message of this is what you should do. Mm -hmm. And so stepping out into the adventure, mm -hmm. you know, it's a great quote. I always think of uh, life is a daring adventure or nothing. And that was, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. That's good. So that, that's what our choice is. Yeah. So yeah. You make that choice of being out there and then life is showing up. I mean, opportunities. And, you know, we talked about that. When is it really an opportunity? Mm -hmm. Or when is it a Trojan horse? Well, you are going to start to know more and more and how fluid your vision is starting to be right now. Yes. You know, because now there's some spontaneity because you have structure, you have stability, mm -hmm. right? And because of that, now you can just say, okay, what, what's up today? Yes. Well, it's crazy, you know, because yesterday, to be honest, somebody stood right in front of me and said, I want to give you a lot of money. How do I give you a lot of money? And it's like, you know, you're talking about Trojan horse, like that is a moment of that, right? And it's not the first time that it's happened because uh, this is a pretty special place because I don't think one exists like it. I've had people that came to Dominica looking for the nature island experience worked at some farms, went, did all the nature stuff, came here on the last day and were like, I'm so glad that they were here for a couple of weeks. I'm so glad that we ended here because we didn't ever see the, the thing, right? The, the, what it could be, right? <laughs> what it might look like when regenerative agriculture and permaculture and natural farming and uh, what on and on all the things that you exposed me to and that I've since studied to great sort of extents you know Findhorn and the list goes on and on and on uh, just try and put those in a place where people can touch it right people can taste the herbs and feel it and pet the goats right and pick up the chickens right <laughs> so it's, it's it's incredible it's incredible Right. And so that's what's happening in your world, this spontaneousness. I mean, that is one of the things that fuels us like nothing else. I mean, to be able to have that kind of life and lifestyle and security in that life, that you can do what you want every day. And every day is a full adventure in itself. For sure. And I mean, also, that's... to be honest, um, like in the back of your mind, right, to take a t step out and be like, look, look how chill it is that I'm able to say that, right? That I'm able to say that every day I could do anything that I want. I can live in this kind of spontaneous sort of vibe, knowing very well, right, that certain people do not have that flexibility, right? So taking a second to be like, if you have that, do the most you can to pay that forward. Right. Do the most you can to 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 sort of make somebody else feel whatever version of that they can have access to. Right. Because that's also we could get, you know, real lazy, too. And it's also important, like you can, you know, wallow in all your successes. But you also could just be straight as dedicated as you were to sort of making those successes happen, be as dedicated as making those successes happen for other people as well. Well, that's in you. That's in you, Aubrey, to do. I mean, I have to say, you know, you you came that way. <laughs> you're, you're never, ever going to just you do I think my mom, I guess. Shout out to my mom, right? My dad. Yeah. <laughs> she gave that to you. And you have that and embrace that. And, you know, that's just a part of your soul. It's like deep in your soul to do. 
And that's why every day is an adventure. If you just got lazy, you know how boring paradise can become. Yeah, for sure. You know, and there's there, there's no reason to get up and do the next thing. Yeah. And that that will never happen with you. You you just have that in you to, like you say, pay, pay it forward and be there as the beacon for people to come and find you. And the joy that it gives you to see that, to be the last stop on somebody, you know, and then, ah, they got to see the, the true nature of uh, Dominica. And, you know, and that is what you bring to the, the whole game, right? And, and so, yeah, duplicating that and, and inspiring people. Um, and that's why I wanted to do another podcast with you. It's like, get this message out to people because there is a lot that still needs to happen there. And there's work that needs to be done. And there's people that need to show up there to be a part of your team. And, and that's where I was saying, you know, conversations we've had, you need to have the team and the, train the team because those people then train other people and those people train other people. That's how everybody gets to be able to do and have what you have there. And in whatever form and to whatever degree, many people go back and they live in, you know, Washington. That's going to be hard to have the same thing you have there, but they can have some part of it. They can have what permaculture is there. So everything that you're doing is the foundation for that. So talk a bit about like, what, what is it? Uh, somebody offered you a lot of money and that wasn't really what you needed, that you need some of that, but what you need is, is what? What is it that will fulfill this vision there uh, that you need to, to draw to yourself right now? Um, I guess it's like you need to like you for sure can offer me money and you know shout out to anybody <laughs> out there offer me money you know like keep coming <laughs> we'll organize <laughs> but, um, it's more like I'm, I'm also real interested in just what you're passionate about do you know what I mean and like how much that passion drives you right and how much you're going to let it help you do or support things that you support um, like the lady, my client, right, that I'm working for, she obviously cares, right? And she lets us do our vibe, right? So yeah, you can do, you can give me money or say that you have it and tell me all about the tax breaks and everything, right? But that maybe doesn't look at all the, like, all the other factors that sort of go into that offer, right? And sort of who we are, and um, what we're trying to do, not just in the short term, thank you for the money, but in the long term, like what is regenerative agriculture? Like, why does it matter? Um, why, do, why do you think you need to give me money? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so um, that, what we need is like, just uh, if you're passionate about these types of things, let's like have things like this where we could talk and we can learn. And if you are passionate, like I tell everybody there's, I kind of go hard on this, so I'll stay with it. There's no excuse now, right? Like no matter who you are, you have access to the internet. So there's no, you sh there's no reason really that you shouldn't kind of know what regenerative agriculture is, because I think as humans, it's pretty important, right? <laughs> Regardless of anything. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, if you care, well, go educate yourself about what it what that system means in your locale or where you can maybe go see it, that it's more pretty or more abundant or more old school or natural, and then sort of see and start there and see like, what, what it is you, you like about it, what, what, what it is that you attracts you to it. But here it's like, mo mostly it's gonna be like, it's hard if you've never been to Dominica, right? There's a crazy culture here, uh, a deep sort of history of um, tourism and slavery and all sorts of things, right? So we have to, when we make these gestures of let's dump money into things, we have to be mindful of what we're doing. You know what I mean? And like, like how? Like, luckily I have this place where we could be a little bit free. But once it's past that and we start involving more and more people, we're also, like you said, being a beacon. And beacons can't lead people to the rocks, right? Yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah, and that, that's the thing uh, that we have found too, is like 
training people. That's why, like, like you said, if people can get on the internet, you know, we, we can train them. <laughs> and and that I think is such a crucial piece um, is that people can do our ambassador course, just everyday people. You don't have to have some grand, you know, vision of Moringa, but just understanding these basic parts and pieces, the permaculture, we go through soil biology and permaculture and, you know, just to have that ground of being, that basic information and then build from that, mm -hmm. right? So that has been our goal is just to get people in the course and get people trained. Totally. Because once you have that information, you'll never, you can never turn back. I mean, look, I look at, we're talking to it, right? Like you did it. We taught me all about it when I was just heard whispers, you know, I was just kind of catching the drift of it. And then I came to your course and it was like, okay, 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 okay. And then, you know, very soon after it was grant funding from my university, right? Yeah. Because there's not, there's, there's no question. <laughs> there's no question about it. <laughs> And that's the point, you know, getting that clarity and also the, you know, what I do is I validate that whisper mm -hmm. because that whisper is the guide and to make that whisper become louder and louder and that you then operate from that. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the big piece of, of the course. And now that we're doing it online, it's very different dynamic, mm -hmm. but we are still able to create that transmission. It was one of the concerns we had when we were talking about, okay, but something happens during mm -hmm. the course. Mm -hmm. And we're like, how are we going to get that to happen online? Yeah. We were just like, oh, I don't know. What, should we do this and have some technique? And I was just like, oh, no. And then I just spent a moment of stillness with the moringa trees right all, all around me. And I realized I never was doing making a transmission. The transmission comes from Moringa. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I have to do. It happens. I'm not in control. I'm not in charge. <laughs> I was like, oh God, it just took all that pressure. And, so, and it happens. I mean, we've done, we've run the courses now, the grower and educator course. It happens. And it's just incredible to witness that. And then to validate for people that it did happen. Right? Oh, there you are. It happened and then you, you went with it. And some people have to just move the things out of the way. So you moved everything out of the way and you just stepped onto that path and just were at a fast sprint right away. You know, And so that's unique to you. You were so ready for it and then following it and, and following it. And, and that's what it takes. And then really showing people it, you know that that's where you are also a demonstration because you got the information we connected you like embraced that and then ran with it and that is really the essential piece that's why i was like how can i i, I am like i need to get in front of more and more people and have more and more people that, that's the work that we have it's like mm -hmm. because we'll create all of those people with those projects, with that vision, wherever they are in the world. We did a count that we're gonna be launching our new website soon. People who have come through our course and who have projects in different parts of the world represent 35 different countries. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're gonna have a map that kind of shows that and, and it's growing, you know, 35 countries and, grow, you know, and growing. Um, and so, yeah, so it's been really such a, an honor to connect with you and to see you just like thrive with all of this. And there's been, you know, hardships. You've gone through some times where you're just like, oh, should I be doing this? It's not working. I don't know. And, you know, right? When you didn't know where. And then when you got to Dominique, it was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is bigger than I ever imagined. You know, and you've had those moments. But it never dropped you away. You just kept facing that. Well, to be honest, we'll go, I'll go right back into it. You gave me tremendous foundation, to be honest. And a, a lot of uh, uh, beginnings of roads that lead to very fruitful fountains of information. Mm. Right. And I thank you so much for that. You know, um, uh, and yeah, like, like you said, it's here. It's like you could come see it. 
Um, you could come visit it. It's, it's growing every time. It's almost fully, like almost the whole seven acres is um, like planted. There are a couple spots that we're just waiting, you know, just kind of, and we have the, that's the beauty of it too. Is I, this is my every day, my 24 seven kind of, well, not where I'm sleeping, obviously, but I, mean, I still live like sleeping here, but um, I wake up and I look. So that's as permaculture designers, that's the most important part. You know, that's the part they say that you need to kind of analyze this place at all times of day, all corners, you know, so um, we've had the, the good graces to be able to do that. And it's given us tremendous perspective to go into all sorts of different other properties and help other people, you know, set up the same kind of vibes. Yeah. It's it's really remarkable achievement. And I really look forward to where this all goes and, and the, the next steps for us, because I know that, you know, training and consulting is something that you are really gonna need at this point. And you know we're ready, so um, that's going to be a, a really, really fun period of time as well. Oh, connecting our students together, um, and because that's what's important. Like you have not only just like-minded people, you have like trained people. Yes. You know, and they have that same foundation as you, and so there's a whole level of conversation that doesn't ever need to happen <laughs> because you just connect, right? Mm -hmm. so that's a really big piece of it as well it's gonna be really good and it's close you know like these people offering you this money like soon we're gonna be able to organize it into ways that are only efficient for this movement yeah <laughs> yeah no it's so true it's so true so um so i just wanted to say you know have you give any last um words uh, but also to let listeners know that they can find and uh, keep track of you on freeupfarm.com yep. on the internet and mm -hmm. any other ways are you on social media or yeah, we are on instagram and uh you know if this is at all interesting to you i the instagram goes way back right so you could see some things from the very beginning of uh the sort of thing and it's free.up.farm is the instagram handle um, but there's also links to it on our website. And yeah, uh, you know, uh, thank you for taking the time to let me talk about these things and these movements and sort of, you know, these things help bring clarity as well. So I appreciate any chance that I can get to sort of have that. <laughs> right. No, thank you so much. I really look forward to the next steps you know, for us. So we will always be connected forever. It's forever. <laughs> oh, great. All right. Well, thank you uh, for listening in today. It was such a pleasure uh, to have you be uh, learning about Free Up Farm and Aubrey Bonneau, what he's accomplished, he and his partner, Lubitsa. Uh, check out what they're doing. You know, make appointment if you're nearby, if you want to just go to be a part of that. Uh, make contact because that is going to be what we all need to be doing in one form or another, wherever we are in the world. So uh, I thank you for taking this time to listen to us today. From our family to yours, we wish you joy and peace. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Moringa for Life. We hope you have deepened your appreciation for this miracle tree. If you'd like to learn more about your host and Moringa for Life, please visit our website at moringaforlife.com. Until next time, we wish you peace and joy.